So we are live, but we can keep chit-chatting. So yeah, it's yeah. been crazy. Um, busy, but busy is a good sign, right? Yeah, busy, busy in a good way. I've been getting a it's lot of things momentum. done. I've been stretching my boundaries. Yes. So, so you know how I used to be technically challenged with a mm -hmm. lot of things, anything technical. I'm getting a handy I know how to send a link now. That was a huge thing for me to figure out. I know. Yes. So I know how to send a link. I know how to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, like put a post, I, you know, like certain things that I used to struggle with doing online. Mm -hmm. yeah. I find myself doing them now, getting a bit more creative because I'm comfortable doing them. So, you know, my next thing will be Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> Good for you. I'm just, just figuring out how to do very short form content because all my content now is long form. Sometimes I don't want to do something and then I find that it works out to be easier and I'll say, well, what is it that, what is it that made it easier? Because it's not only like, oh, it's good that I did it, but what is it that made it easier? And I think it's that I, when I do what my team wants me to do, my team mm -hmm. gives me everything I need so that it happens more, more effortlessly. And talk about your team a little bit, Deb. Well, it's, I think it's kind of like what you feel. You talk about your collective, it's mm -hmm. guides, it's angels. I just feel like even when I feel like I'm hearing them and I don't, I don't know if it's that I'm really hearing it or envisioning it or how to describe it, but I sense or feel like it's a whole bunch of like, there's a whole party of them all around me and there's a lot going yeah. on. Maybe they're helping other people. And at the same time, I know they're all there for me. And I feel like they need us just as much as we need them. So when it works out easily, it's it's for all of our good, not just my good. It's for their good. It's for the good of however many others that it impacts around me. It just it all for one and one for all. We're all doing it together. So it's 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 I feel like I'm in touch with those who have left this world. Like, I feel like I'm in touch with family members. I, I have a better relationship with my mother now than I ever did when she mm. was, when she was here. I understand her so much better. I, nice. I feel like I understand a bunch of stuff more than I did. And I don't think that's from just thinking. I don't think it could be. I did much overthinking forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just think things things come like you, you know, you get, you said you wake up. I wake up. People say, oh, we can always count on Debbie for a talk. Yeah. I wake up. I wake up ready to talk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, what's so interesting about what you say, that whole spiritual experience and the whole expression of your spirituality, when you talk about that, um, you know, I sent you that interview that I yes. did David Shands from the Social Proof Podcast, mm -hmm. and the comments were such mixed reviews. Really? You know, had people that were very like, right on, sister, I, I understand where you're coming from, because some people were terrified. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. It was, it was a whole gamut. So, What are they afraid of? Um, 
I think it's just that they don't know. Is this fear of, you know, it must be something wrong. I don't understand that. Mm. So something must be mm. wrong with it. Um, you know, it's just ignorance. Uh. It's not ignorance in the sense that I'm calling someone ignorant. I mean, ignorant in the definition of the word lack of knowledge. Unaware, yeah. Unawareness and lack of knowledge. So, in, you know, the, the thing that I do see is that people are not trying to, um, if I don't understand something, I try to find out about it. I try to, you know, ask questions. I try to be curious and dig a little bit deeper and find out the information. And the level of fear of finding out information, like something's, nothing's going to happen to you. But there <laughs> are people that are, but people are so fearful. But there and are people that are raised to believe that. Yeah, um, people, there are people that are raised to believe that anything anything like that goes against the maybe the religious teachings or the other teachings that they've gotten that 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 and astrology and tarot and all those things are i don't know how they think that that's evil but i think it's because they were told we're not supposed to know those things so bad bad if you think you know those things <laughs> maybe <Bad>. person <laughs> It's, it's, it's a very interesting, I mean, I read the comments and uh, from the interview and what was funny about it is that it made me chuckle. And the thing about it, it, it also made me think that, you know, this has opened the door to a conversation. These are like conversations that you're normally, you know, like they say, polite society, we don't talk about certain things. Right. Um, but I'm like, now the door has been blown off the hinges, you know, they have blasted the door wide open. So I was like, guess who's coming through? Me. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, but the thing about it is that I've always had such curiosity. I've always had such interest. When my, um, when I was very young, I'm, I might've told um, you the story that my mother wouldn't send me to church. Mm. And, yeah, she wouldn't send me to church. And she's not an atheist. Most people think, oh, she doesn't send you to church because she's an atheist. No, she believes in God. Mm -hmm. She just felt that the people that were attending the church were hypocritical. So my mother is one of these people that live by her word. Mm -hmm. If you tell my mother that you're going to show up at 3 p.m. and give her $100, because if she told you that, she'll be there exactly. She'll probably be there at like 255 with the hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. But if she makes a promise, she keeps it. And yeah. she feels that your only honor is to really live by your word. So when people don't follow through on their word, she is very suspect of them. Mm -hmm. So I asked her when I was younger, because all my friends, you know, in the neighborhood on Sunday mornings, everybody went to church. So I was like the only kid left on the block, not going anywhere. And she and I was upset. I was, you know, they'd come back from church in their, you know, shiny patent leather shoes and the boys in their shiny suits. And, and I would be like, you know, they're telling me all about, 
oh, we had chocolate cake today and there was pie. And I'm like, oh my God, you went someplace and they just gave you cake and gave you pie. And they were like, yeah. And then there's all this church gossip, you know, like who was kissing who behind the stairs and, you know, like who's, who's girlfriend or boyfriend. And, you know, you're little kids and you want to be in the mix. You want to be in the know. And I feel, God, I'm missing out on all the Left cake, out. Yeah. pie and gossip. Sure. Uh -huh. <laughs> drama and I was upset with my mom I was like mom why didn't you say can I go to church everybody keeps inviting me to go with them and she'd go nope nope there these people are too hypocritical so I asked her I said well what do you mean they're hypocritical mom and she says well she works with a lot of these folks and she said Monday through Saturday she said they commit every single sin in the book then she said <laughs> they'll lie they'll cheat they'll steal they're they're cheating on their spouses they're stealing stuff. They're doing everything. Thou shall not. She said they're doing them Monday through Friday. And then they feel, if, well, I go to church and if I ask for forgiveness, it's all forgiven. And then I'll go back and do it all over again next week. So she says, that's too hypocritical. I, I'm not down with that. So she wouldn't send me to church. So mm. my first exposure to church, I was about 21. I was about in my third year of college. And so I lived in New York City. So I visited every church. You know, I had friends, you know, I had friends who were Hindu. I had friends who were Jewish. I had friends who were um, Pentecostal. I had friends who were Catholic. I had friends who were Muslim. So when Buddhists, you name it, and it's New York City, so they have everything's there. So whenever someone invited me, I would just go. And I, after sitting there and listening, what I would do, because I was curious, I'm like, okay, I wonder what the Buddhist people believe. I wonder what these Hindu, you know, I'm in a Hindu service, like a puja or something, and they're, you know, doing all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, let me figure out what their belief is. So what I would do, I'd go to the library and get a bunch of books and just read up on what they believe. So it didn't matter what church, because I didn't have any basis for yeah. any of what I was seeing, because this is all brand new to me. Mm -hmm. So I would actually go and read um, about each one of these religions. I'd read the history of them, where they came from, you know, the whole nine yards. And so I developed a really good understanding of a lot of religious philosophy as well as religious history. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very interesting when somebody, I'm like, I am not the person you want to debate with about this stuff. because <laughs> I've read all the books and I would say <laughs> You know, we, I'll talk about things like spiritual gifts and people are like, oh, my God, that could be of the devil. And I was like, no, it's in the Bible. It says that you have these various gifts. You have the gift of healing. You have the gift of sight. You have the gift of, you know, um, speaking in tongues. You have the gifts of interpreting the tongues. You have the gift of discerning spirits. You have the gifts. You know, it's right there. It's, it's Did your mom have those gifts? Uh, no, she didn't believe in them. No, no. She, so did, did, when did you, mom, when did you let her know that you had those gifts or let anybody know that you had them? Um, I think I was in denial for a very long time. Okay. Very, very long time. The, the lady that I met in acupuncture college, she had those gifts and she, it was on full display in her. But mm -hmm. the only problem with her gifts is that she would be in pain for days after she helped somebody heal. Too much of an empath. Okay. So she was extremely empathic. Mm -hmm. uh, and she had also the belief that 
Jesus died on the cross and he was sacrificed. So the only way you could heal is that you also had to be a sacrifice. Oh dear. So yeah. She believed that you had to take on other people's suffering and pain mm -hmm. in order to heal them. And I was like, no, I ain't doing that. I'm sorry. Uh, that pain taking on other people. Nope, 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 not me. So I was in denial. I would see things, I would hear things, but I'll be like, nope, nope, haven't seen nothing, haven't heard anything. When I was in acupuncture college, um, a lot of the students will come and ask me if they were having difficulty with a patient to come and look at the patient in the room. And I'll walk in the room and say, oh, the needle's in the wrong direction. And I'll just turn the needle and all the color would come back in the person's face. Their um, voice would change. And then it was like, boom. And they'll say, how did you know that you're intuitive? And I'll go like this, like make the sign of the cross, like, no, 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 I'm not intuitive. Because intuitive meant for me, I would be taking on their pain. Uh -huh. so that was my point of reference until I realized I really didn't have to. That's when I started to embrace that gift. Yeah. In college. Yeah. Hmm? In college. In, in acupuncture college. Acupuncture. Um, I embraced it more when I was in my clinical practice mm -hmm. and certain patients didn't heal. And the reason what made them heal was the fact that I could intuitively my daughter called it the organ whisperer, you know, mm. and you have this happen to you where you're working with somebody, Debbie, because I know you're a healer. And then you just get some insight about them, not something yeah. they told you, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden you start getting this insight about yeah. them, intuitive mm -hmm. insights. And then I would tell them, I'm like, Hey, this is, this is what I'm, you know, understanding about you. Yeah. And, and, and it, that makes sense. It may not be about the organs or anything else. I can remember you saying things to me. You said, well, talk to me about your relationship with your sister. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was just something you got one day. And and you said, um, yeah, you said, just talk to me. Just talk to me about anything for a while. And whatever I talked about, I don't think it had anything to do with anything. It was still what energy was working mm -hmm. between us that when I went home, I was like, wow, something big happened. Yeah. You know? It's like you had to say what was on. It's like you finally had to express a lot of things. I remember that yeah. session with you. Mm -hmm. I don't even think I was talking about anything that was that important, but it's still. It wasn't anything you had to, you had to just express. You had to just say, like, mm -hmm. there were certain things that came up that were suppressed. Yeah. That you weren't allowed to give voice to. And mm -hmm. it was a place where you could actually give voice to those things. Mm. So anything, I think your sister might have been the starting point, but then that was, it was the like all this other yeah. stuff that needed yeah. to be unraveled and yeah. let go of. And yeah, that's why you felt like, wow, something major just happened. But yeah, it's not it, that we wouldn't necessarily think about. Just well, because I, I went home that day and I realized I had been focusing on what I didn't choose rather than what I would choose. And... Then I I said, what is my purpose? And and the message was to inspire. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know that. And it was like, yeah, you think you know that, but you really need to be nicer to people. And then <laughs> that was when I knew that there was more going on than just my thinking. <laughs> it's too funny. That is something that I have trained myself to do recently. <laughs> be nice to people because I know I could be very short uh, oh. with people. Um, you know, I could be very impatient sometimes. Um, mm. and if someone's not getting it, I know I could chop them off at the knees. Yeah. So I really have learned 
maybe it's with age. And I know some people don't want to say the word age, but I love saying the word age because I made it. <laughs> age is beautiful. I mean, it what are we, what, what happened? I mean, cheese and beef and wine get better with age. So why yeah. don't we? Why don't exactly. we? Exactly. I think, I think I'm living my best life. Me now. too. I know I am. I yeah, know well, I am. It's I, incredible. I am, I, I'm honest with you. I am not opposed to this aging thing because, no. you know, it's like, let me show you how it's done. <laughs> exactly. That's where I'm at. Let me show you. Well, how and you, me. you said, and through the door comes me. So exactly. tell me what is, what is me to you? What does that mean? Um, through the door comes you. What does that mean? I am showing up in a way that I am unapologetic. I'm showing up in the full, like, you're going to get full on Akia. No no more holding back. No more trying to be so polite. No more trying to, I'm not being offensive, you know, because I don't really believe in being offensive to people. But just showing up as fully me, Mm -hmm. fully present, um, no excuses, no compromising, and completely unapologetically me. So when I show up that way, it's, you know, you get a Kia who is the authority. You get a Kia who's the goofball. You get a Kia who is, because <laughs> I could be really, really goofy. <laughs> you know, you get sexy, Akia. You get every single yes, part of me. That's right. That's yeah. right. And so it isn't just, oh, I'm not going to mince words. And because some people think, like, I don't care for that phrase, brutally honest. I think there are some people yeah. that throw stuff around like it's okay to be mean. I don't think it's yeah. that so much, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of it like full flavor. There's nothing compromised about yeah. you now. No, no compromise. You're just you. There isn't. It's just, you're just going to get me. That's and right. however I choose to show up in that moment, that's the key. <laughs> um, oh. So it's, it's very freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just like one of the most wonderful things that I have done in my life to date. And I really think the change of, you know, um, getting divorced, getting, um, away from a really toxic situation and relationship mm-hmm. has made a tremendous amount of difference because all of a sudden I'm remembering what I was like. You know, you ever been in a really bad relationship for a long time and you forget yourself, you forget how you were. And then I'm, whether it's rediscovering Mm -hmm. or recovering parts of myself that I suppressed for so long, Uh it's just been amazing. Isn't it amazing? Absolutely. It's wonderful. And I think that's what it takes to really be alive in this particular time and working with our team the way we are, our teams are our large team, team at large. I mean, yeah. they want they want us to be fully who we are. That's how we came in, right? So true, so true. Um, and that's part of the work that I do with people is let's find out who you really are. That's that's like the essence of the work mm-hmm. that I do. First, let's find out who you really are. And so the when I do this work that I've been given to do called creation. And I, you know, the more and more I become myself and I show up in the world every day as myself, I understand why I am one of the best people to give 
this work too. Number one, I am not afraid to go into uncharted territory. So my entire life has been that. Um, I'm doing acupuncture at 19 in 1980, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Nobody had even heard of acupuncture. It was just something weird. Like, why would anybody want you to do that to them? Then um, in the early 2000s, I'm doing medical intuition with most people are like, what kind of craziness are you doing? Now it's the vogue, it's the trend. Yeah. Um, now I'm doing creation. So I really think my life has prepared me to be this person that could go, you know, be like a pioneer and go into that frontier and, you know, be that trailblazer and open up that path for people. So I really feel that my whole life has prepared me for this point. And then I feel I got rhino skin. I, my skin is tough. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing fazed me. I, I, I would listen to people that will tell me how disturbed they are if they get a negative comment on their feed. And me, I'm looking at it and chuckling. I, I think the funniest thing that I heard in the comments <laughs> on this was, why is she wearing glasses? <laughs> Oh I just came from outside and a guy told me to sit in the chair. I didn't have time to take my glasses off. That's all I had on shades, right? Oh my like, gosh. I don't trust her. She has on shades. Who <laughs> shades? Oh my eyes. gosh. I mean, it was, I mean, that made me laugh. That that was like the funniest thing. I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, that is very shades? funny. Shades, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Somebody said they couldn't see, um, they weren't sure they could see the speaker on the video at our spiritual center yesterday. And I turned the person next to me and I said, if you can't see, shut your eyes. <laughs> you are too funny. <laughs> I could tell you how to navigate this whole world without seeing anything. Don't That's right. So what's the big deal? <laughs> so, so yeah. And here you are now creation we did talk about it last time, but I want you to tie it in because like, why now? And what is this other thing that you're doing now? Creation and purpose. Yeah. So what I had found from doing this work with people, this creation work, let me back up a little bit. Before okay. I started doing creation and I was doing medical intuition and yeah. intuitive readings with my client. Mm -hmm the the part of the work that I loved to do more than anything else was purpose readings. I would feel really excited if I had to read someone's purpose. And I just absolutely loved that. I did a lot of different things with my patients and clients over the years, but the purpose readings were like the high point of my day. I was like, goody, we're doing purpose today. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I know. I don't think I ever heard you do that, but that's interesting. If it why, came up, if it came why, up the, huh? If it came up for the person, I would do. Sure. It. Why do you think that was most exciting? Because it was it was given the person a glimpse of who they really were. Okay. We here to do, and I found that really interesting. I remember there was a young lady. She was a herbologist. She had a herbal academy in town. And I remember telling her that she needs to go to the city and get a contract 
So she could put like trees and stuff growing on rooftops. Mm. And I said, there's like a special way that the soil needs to be done. So that all these trees and you could, you could like plant like a whole like little park on top of a roof. Mm. And I was telling her about that at the time, there was no such thing as, you know, rooftop gardening. Right. People had um, plants, but where they were in pots mm-hmm. on top of but not like growing the stuff right on the roof itself. And I was telling her all about this years ago and it just sounded so odd and she really took it to heart and she listened. And I said, and I think you could also, you know, like get like a, a grant, like, a, you know, be like a nonprofit and get a grant to, you know, put this stuff on top of rooftops. And then a few years later, I, you know, I think I was on Google and then all I saw was all these buildings with stuff growing on the rooftops. But it wasn't a thing back then. So so I always get excited when I'm looking at someone and I'm looking into the future. So I really think that, you know, you've known me for a while, Debbie, and you've known that I've been trying to get creation public mm-hmm. for a few years now. And yeah. each time I would go for it, it just wouldn't happen. Like something would come up and block it. And I really believe that the reason why creation with money and purpose, which is the course that I'll be teaching on Thursday, I really believe why that's coming to the forefront may be having to do with AI. Now we've been using AI for a long time. I mean, Siri is an AI anytime you start typing or you start speaking into your phone and telling it, it'll, it'll dictate and type for you. You had all those dictation programs. So all of that, we've been using AI for a while. Now it's coming out with, oh, you're going to use AI and it does everything a lot faster and it does this and it does that. And just like, you know, talking about different forms of spirituality that people get afraid because they just don't know, it's the same thing with AI. And what I realized, I was talking to another guest on another podcast and, you know, he was telling me what he did, which was he was following his purpose to the T. And I said, you know what AI cannot do? Your purpose. That's what AI cannot do. It could do a lot of things, but whatever your purpose is, AI can't do that because people are so worried about AI taking over and coming for their job. Well, I think also because our purpose is about more than roles. Our purpose is about more than positions of of filling a role. And, you know, my picturing about you when you say you're so excited about when people are finding their purpose, I think it's because you know, we are meant to be here now. It's very important. This is a very exciting time that we're here now. And the more that anyone is here now and on purpose, I mean, I think you you feel the big, you feel the party that's, that's that we're gonna, we are a part of and that's coming and you're ready. You're ready, you're ready to have fun. You're ready to party. Yes, I am completely here for it. And, yep. it is, you know, and, and the thing that because I feel that I'm walking more in my purpose now than I ever have, I, mm-hmm. I think I have because I've always followed doing the things that I loved to do. And your purpose is part of what you love doing. Yes. Like I did acupuncture for a long time. I did energy medicine for a long time. I did um, intuitive work and medical intuition for a long time. Mm-hmm. And even though other people didn't understand it, it didn't matter to me 
whether or not they understood it, all I knew that it was being true to me. And it was servicing the people that came to me that needed my help. And because my goal was to make sure I helped them, um, I was okay with other people around me not understanding what it is that I did. So mm -hmm. that never mattered. That's why I said I think I was the right person because, you know, people trying to understand or figure out what I'm doing has never been a priority on my list. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't get it? Okay. That's okay. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, you don't get it. Got it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I got other things to do. That's know? right. I've always been that person. Um, and, you know, it's not that I'm being disrespectful or putting anybody down. If you don't get it, you just don't get it. You know, if you're not ready to hear it, you're just not ready to hear it yet. That's all it is. There's nothing, you know, um, detrimental, no. or, um, catastrophic about that. You know, you know there's a ready when they're ready. There are a lot and of people who there are a lot of people who think, oh, we should get rid of the ego. Don't have an ego. Get rid of it. And. You know, I think it's one of those things. If you didn't have an ego, you wouldn't go take a shower every day and you wouldn't take care of yourself and you wouldn't get dressed every day. Having an ego is a healthy thing to do. And people who aren't afraid of getting out there, even though the world doesn't understand, that's healthy ego. But unhealthy ego is another story. It's funny. I'm, uh, that needs to be a bumper sticker. If you didn't have an ego, you wouldn't take a shower. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That needs to be. <laughs> that needs to be a bumper sticker. If you didn't have an ego, you wouldn't take a shower every day. <laughs> I love that. You and I just could sit and make up funny stuff just all that the time. Is funny. That, but that says a lot. You know, it's true. It's you don't care about what other people think about you, so you probably will take a shower every day. But there's that, you know, what other people think of me is none of my business. People don't get that. They don't always get that. And it sounds far-fetched, but really, if you didn't, if you didn't have an ego, yeah, you wouldn't get club put clothes on before you go out. You wouldn't exactly. do a lot of things. You wouldn't strive to do your best. Having yeah. an ego is a healthy thing. And having even a big ego. It can be a really good thing. I mean, people who have big egos in a good way have a lot of self-worth and they're not afraid to get out there and rise to the top and do really well and, and all of that. You have to have a lot of really good, big, healthy ego to do that. Now, it's the unhealthy ego, but that to me isn't based on real genuine self-worth, the healthy ego, I mean, the unhealthy ego to me, isn't based on really good self-worth. What do you How think? How do you define an unhealthy ego, Debbie? Well, I mean, I think people who are mean to other people who push people out of the way and just say, well, you're, you know, you're stupid and, uh, you know, I'm the greatest and I'm the only one that can do this. And, you know, I mean, there are people who will take things out of context, but there are people who are just mean, who bully and who, who are, um, mm, maybe more mean spirited and snobs and, you know, it's some of that, where's the fine line. Some of that is self is how people interpret it. And some of it is maybe how people mean it. I would call, but the meanness of that, I would call uh, unhealthy ego. What do you think? I, it's interesting. Anytime I meet someone with those specific characteristic traits, I always find the root of their issue is that they're extremely insecure. 
I, yes, that's why I said low self-worth. Yeah. Insecure. Yeah. Not genuine self-worth. People who feel good don't need to go around being like that. No, you don't. Mm -mm. No. People who feel good take showers. (laughs) Get their hair done. That's right. (laughs) A little lipstick. Get that fly shirt. That's right. Get those kicks. Oh, it's good. So that is one of your cornerstones. And one of the things that you and I have always shared, and I put it in my testimonial, the humor, the fun that we have always had. And I mean, gosh, some say humor is internal jogging of the spirit. We know of people who have healed themselves with laughter and humor and love Mm -hmm. and like that, uh, just having a good time. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, so and like they say music and humor is the medicine for the soul. Absolutely. Really I, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, here we are though. And uh, you did want to talk a little bit about creation and, and tying it into um, purpose and abundance. And what, what is it that you're doing? What's coming up? Okay. So on Thursday, I start the first of a three-part series called Creation for Money and Purpose. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm tying it together. Mm -hmm. Now, you can have your purpose and money doesn't have to be involved. So let me make that clear. But the reason I'm doing this class is because I meet so many talented, so many super skilled people that have this tremendous gift that they should be sharing with the world, but they're terrified to share it. They're terrified to share their gifts because one, they, you know, they feel that they may be rejected or ridiculed for it or um, ostracized um, from their family members or their peers or colleagues. Um, They feel they don't know how to speak about what their gift or expertise is. So they hide and this level of fear and panic, to me, the worst thing you could do for yourself is live with regret. And I feel that you're given this beautiful gift to bring to the world and you refuse to do it because you're tied up and bottled up in all these emotions. So a lot of people that I meet, they already know what their purpose is. They just don't know how to express it into the world. So part of the class is getting really, really clear about what is your purpose and what are you supposed to be doing? So that's the first part. And then the next part, if you decide, like I have done with my purpose, my purpose have been my also my career. They've overlapped. And I meet a lot of people who are asking, well, how do I, you know, make my purpose my livelihood? How do I turn my purpose into more of what the business of what I do? Instead of having the purpose where maybe you go and you work a full-time job, you're working 40 hours a week, and then you have this little bit of time to work your purpose. If your purpose is something of value that people are willing to pay for, or maybe they're already paying other people for the same thing, 
why shouldn't you be able to do the same thing? So when we look at money and purpose, we reconcile all the things that people feel about money and getting money and getting paid for doing something that they actually love to do. The whole ideology that, you know, if you could only make money, if you're, you have to struggle and work really hard for it, you have to, like they say, grind for that money. <laughs> that whole thing of, of saying that the only way I could get money is I have to struggle or dislike what I'm doing or hate my job. Like they say, for instance, Monday mornings is the highest rate of heart attacks. And what happens on Monday mornings? People go back to work doing things that they hate to do. It's the highest sure. rate of heart attack. They're out of their purpose. They're not following their heart's desire. So that's a big part of it. So getting people to get in touch with who they are, getting them in touch with their purpose and getting them to see that you can actually make money doing your purpose. Some people I'm think going to pay you. Yeah, some some people think that uh, a sign of a mature person is just doing your job and the longevity of how long you've done it. And even especially if you don't like it, that that staying at it is a sign of maturity. Yeah. Or there's something noble in that. Yeah. And I don't. And that's a form of suffering to me. Mm -hmm. I don't believe we were sent here to suffer. No, I, I believe either. that we were sent here, like they said, to have life and have it abundantly. Yes. I do believe in that. I do too. And how can you have life? And I don't mean just monetary abundance. I'm talking abundance all the way around. What happens when you're really in your purpose? Not only do you feel confident, you're happy, you're full of joy. You have all this energy and vitality because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're not going against the grain. So instead of trying to swim upstream, by doing all the stuff that you hate to do, you can flow with the current because mm -hmm. your purpose will move you along. And like you were talking before, Debbie, about, you know, your spiritual team that's around you, this entourage that you have around you, you know, they're there to help and assist you with all of that. But most people don't know how much help they really have. So mm -hmm. those are the type of things that we will be covering in the class. Um, there's also a very practical part of the class where we will go into, you know, like terms like sales and marketing and all of that, um, how to put together your message so people could understand what it is that you do. So we will be doing some of those practical parts because people have to understand if, if you can't clearly express what it is that you do, people don't buy from you if they're confused. People don't use your services if you're confused about what it is and they're confused because you can't get it clear you know and then that's part of the reason why people feel this hesitancy to step out because they're mm -hmm. like I, I have no idea how to make money doing my purpose and for someone who's been doing it for the last 30 years or so I could definitely show you because that's all I've been doing yeah that's very exciting mm -hmm. so this is the first of three and um and it's starting Thursday. Correct. And so how do people sign up and where where do they go? Um let me see. And you're gonna I, I want you to that. also send me the link so I can I will send I can, you all the links so you can put it in the description. I can put it in the description. This yeah. This is gonna be on YouTube. It's gonna be on YouTube and in the podcast. So send me okay. send me okay. that. I can put it in both. I, 
I will send the link so they could know where to sign up and I'll send the link that they could go directly and sign up to the class. Yeah. But it is, and, and there is, it's, um, Avazula creation. That's my Instagram handle, but it's not really on Instagram, but we do have a, uh, a landing page that people could go on and sign up directly um, for the cool. class and register there and all of that. So I will be sending out that link in the description box. And do people, you said it's the first of three. Is there a way that people can sign up for all three at once? Um, yeah, we could make it so that if they want to sign up for all three, they can. Okay. Because some people might. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people might want to. Yeah, yeah I, I will go ahead and do that. I just have to speak with yeah. um, my web designer and she will go ahead and um, make make a page for people who want to sign up for everything. So you said Thursday. Starting Thursday, we'll start at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. East Coast Time mm-hmm. at 6 p.m. And we go from 6 to 8. Okay. Um, there'll also be a question and answer portion where people can ask questions and I will answer their questions. Um, if they have any difficulty or any confusion around anything, we, my thing is to get everybody clear before they leave. And, you know, the teacher in me, there will be homework, (laughs) but it's not hard homework. It's not something you have to study all night. Mm -mm. It's just homework. It's just to get you more clear about what it is that you're doing. And sometimes you just have to process and think about it and write it down and sure. then we'll come back in the next class and then we'll move on from there. And I know you said that the classes, they'll be recorded and, and if people have to miss them because they're not available at that time or they want to replay, they'll have access to those. I know you've they'll said have that. access and they get to keep it. And you know, like certain places, they you keep it for two weeks and then it disappears. Right. Uh, you actually get you paid for it. So since you mm-hmm. paid for it, you you keep it. That's your class. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be the first one, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then the following week, it'll be three weeks in a row. So each week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, oh. from 6 p.m. till eight, three weeks in a row, um, okay. we will have the class. Okay. Okay. And, and any you any thought of what's huh? coming after what's coming after that? Are you just going to keep offering it if they don't make it this time, or do you know? We will do a repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure of the dates of the repeat yet. Mm-hmm. We haven't said that, but what's coming after that mm-hmm. is a class called "17 Ways You F Up Your Money and How to Fix It." Mm-hmm. And that goes into more the dynamics and the psychology of what makes people mess up around money. If you Mm. think about money, money is a really simple, easy thing. Mm -hmm. It's just addition and subtraction, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. What is it? Spend less than you make. I mean, there's money has very easy principles to it. Mm -hmm. But so many people have such a struggle around money and it has nothing to do with money itself. It has to do with how the person feels about themselves. Sure, because it's an energy. Yeah. Money can feel it. Yeah. You know, how, how, you know, what did their families teach them about money? What Mm -hmm. has society taught you about money? If you're a woman, you're going to view money different than a man. If you're mm-hmm. a certain nationality, you're going to view money different than other nationalities. If you're a particular race, you're going to view money differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these different meanings that we've put to money 
um, is a big part of that. And so I know that people have looked at your relationship to money, your family's relationship to money and you and society's relationship to money. There's a lot of books written on that particular topic. But what I feel that they're missing that they'll get from this course is the spiritual aspects of money. Like spiritually, how does money affect you? Mm -hmm. And then also the energetics of money itself. Because like you said, Debbie, money has energy all of its own. And you have to be congruent with the energy of money to have money. So it's, it's going to be really, really um, a very interesting. It's a class that I've been waiting to do for a while. And then there'll be some practical aspects to money, just like, you know, you need a savings account. You need to have um, good credit. You need to get out of debt. So there'll be some very practical pointers on that. And as far as like resetting yourself around money and some people like you got to reset your set point because when I say set point in nutrition there is a you know like if you lose weight you always go back to around the same weight because there's this in your hypothalamus they call it the set point it Mm -hmm. always brings you back to that set point so you ever notice people they win the lottery they win all this money and in a couple of years they're back to wherever they were yeah point also Mm -hmm. around money so this class, we will be getting rid of that set point for you. And and we're is not that setting it to something else? We're just going to get rid of the set point. So it yeah, block you from receiving money more, with more ease. And so, which class is that in? Um, that one I'll put up, and that's a five day class actually. So it will mm. be up on the the site. Um, it's it's going to be a doozy because. I'm also doing a bonus with that. So it's not just the 17 ways you've effed up your money and how to fix it, but 10 more ways you're effing up your money and how mm. to fix that. And also what if somebody else is effing up your money? So mm-hmm. those are two bonus mm, very important to that class because other people could be messing up your money. A lot of people don't look at that because mm-hmm. people could try to sabotage you with your money. Yeah. Deliberately. So you have yes. to look at those other aspects to it. Like mm-hmm. for instance, I knew someone who was an inventor and they invented this thing that they probably would have been a multi-billionaire by now. And mm-hmm. another company came in, bought their invention and put it on a shelf because they didn't want to compete the competition. So other people could mess up your money. Yeah. You know, they so could. There, yeah. there's a lot of different ways that we're mm-hmm. going to The thing oh, is God. when I say to fix it, we Famous people have had that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Recording contracts, you name yep. it. So we're going to go into like all the different aspects of money and, you know, clear the energetics that people have, all the blocks they have around money. And I've done this before Mm -hmm. and people came back and told me they got more money in their bank account. Money was easier for them. They got more clients in their business. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even looking at it as deeply as I'm looking at it now. It was just like, like a passing thing i said this 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 and this and then mm-hmm. they came back and they were like oh my god since i took that class yeah. you got money these are the things that happen mm-hmm. yeah so i knew there was something to that it's just taken me a number of years to really develop it do more research around it and find out and it's really a huge problem mm-hmm. yeah I say the bulk of the planet like they say maybe one percent of people do well with money are either born into it or you are uh what do you call it very savvy or lucky 
and you make it into that 1% who has more money than they know what to do with. Or, but most people really do have some struggle around money. I think there's a relationship between struggles with money, struggles with weight and digestion. I agree. I do. I really think Yeah. Out of of all the ways that we're looking at money, that is a relationship. Yep. Yep. I think so. The victim mentality also impacts your money. If you have a victim mentality, your money will be affected. Mm -hmm. So we start looking at all the areas where people are not aware of that's blocking their money and helping them Mm -hmm. to get past those areas. And with creation, we're able to clear it up really fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is great. So that's what you meant when you said it's going to be a summer of money. You're not just doing these three courses. Mm -hmm. You're doing other things and then maybe repeating these and it's going to be a lot. So I guess it's going to be a busy summer. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, you may want to have something where somebody can kind of pay a price and get all of it. I don't know. But also it, you know, the more that people uh, come from uh, like come from my YouTube channel or come from the podcast and indicate that you got this through me, um, that's going to you know, that's just going to be good to know whether it's, whether it does anything specifically um, because I'm willing to keep doing any of these that you want, but regardless, I think tracking is important just to know where, where people have heard of you, where, you know, who, who's coming in by what means. Yeah. And, and what um, I will have to find because the CRM system or the automated system that I'm using right now for this, um, we couldn't, I don't know if they have an affiliate link there, but we were looking to do that when we sent everything out, but we couldn't seem to locate the affiliate link. So that might be something I thought they had an affiliate Mm -hmm. link, but we may have to get another system and link it to this one to do an Mm -hmm. affiliate. So that way we could actually track where everything coming from because then it could say something like um creation for money and purpose slash debbie hazelton yeah so you know, okay they came because they heard this on debbie's program mm-hmm. or you know 17 ways you up your money and how to <laughs> fix it slash sonia sanchez yeah we know where it came from because a mm-hmm. lot of people have referred Yep. Um, I did give a special offer. It wasn't for the general public, but it was for the people that they showed. I think you were one of the people too, Debbie, that just showed up every single week mm-hmm. when I did that nine weeks of yeah. creation and miracles. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, you know, give everybody that showed up for that something. So we did offer um, for a testimonial because mm-hmm. they were in that course and a lot of people had texted me or emailed me or called and expressed the different changes that they were having so mm-hmm. I said oh, put it in a testimonial you get half off on this class because yeah. it's $97 so you'll get half off yeah so a lot of people did send me their testimonials and I'm really grateful for that mm-hmm. and then it was if you refer three friends you get the $97 you get it for free Right. They yeah. have we that's what we were trying to track the affiliate with that, but the system didn't seem to have that option. 
So what I've had people do is send me an email and that will be in the link also. They'll send me an email. And then if they do have referred someone, they could send me the uh, names of their referrals. And that way, when that person pops up in the system, I could say, okay, this person came from such and such. And what about asking them like, who referred you? You could have a um, a question on the form. If you have a form where people are filling anything out, yeah, you know, you. that mm-hmm. would be a question because, you know, you might even have some questions as time goes on about um, have you experienced energy work before and, um, you know, and, and what what are you hoping for or I don't know, any number of things. Well, those you... are forms. Those are actually forms that I'll be sending out to the participants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, People that have already signed up. They will receive those forms, those type of questionnaires. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. great. Well, this is awesome. Um, I appreciate I'm... you doing this. Oh, I love it. Um, I will do my best to get it up tonight, and um, I'm excited. I think uh, any any time you teach classes, it's very exciting. I mean, you're just such an awesome teacher. And I know you said it's not only the information, it's going to be some of, you know, what your guides are are coming through with. And you may not even know all of what you're going to be saying um, because you get surprised. That's usually how it goes these days. Uh I'm surprised. Half the time I teach classes these days, I used to teach classes where, you know, I would have an outline. I'd have everything, the lesson planned out. And I know when I went in there exactly what I was going to say. It's not like that. It's a new territory. Yeah. Not like that anymore. Sometimes I will go in there. And I remember we went to um, that lecture with Eric Thomas. Mm -hmm. And he said his staff kept calling him. It's Thursday. We need your PowerPoint. We need your PowerPoint. We need to put up what you're going to be speaking about. And he said 8.15 in the morning, his thing starts at 10.30. But at 8.15, he gets a message. This is what you're going to be talking about today. That's how it is for me. I don't like it when a spiritual center you know, wants to know a month or or more or weeks in advance and or tells me we need, you know, this topic. Now, they don't all do that, but I don't I, I want to decide. And even if I decide it might be one thing, I may have it changed the night before and even yeah, more so coming in the morning of. Yep. And when he said that, I could so relate to what he was saying, mm-hmm. but he has um, what do you call it? He has he's such a seasoned speaker that, you know, he goes with it. He, he's learned to really trust that yep. and he goes with it. And I mean, he delivered a very powerful message, but he didn't know until two hours before he was supposed to go on what he was going to actually talk about. Well, that's right. Sometimes and it's like yeah. that. I think, I mean, to me, that's the beauty. That's when I know that I'm really tuned in. And if I try to make it fit into uh, kind of like this other author I was just reading, if I try to make it fit into a prescribed thing, that's more like a science and less like an art. Mm-hmm. Um, this Nicole Daydon said that her grandmother showed that to her. Her grandmother would cook and and it was all just, she didn't know how her grandmother always did it, but she brought up something from her home ec, home ec class that she had cooked and she gave it to her grandmother and her grandmother spit it out and said, no, no, no. If you use a recipe like that, 
it just kills it. It kills all the, the spontaneity. Hey, if we're here with spirit and we have a spiritual team, then, I mean, why wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to do anything but listen to that team coming through with what it is that is for me to be speaking. If I'm going to speak the word, then I want to speak it from, from what really comes. And it's the art. It's the art. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And and the best keynote speeches I've ever gave have all been spontaneous. Yes. If I script it, it doesn't come out as well. That's right. I may have notes, but I may end up not using them. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I remember one time I wrote a set of notes and I left them on the counter and went, and then I opened my little pad folio. There were no notes in there. <laughs> I've <laughs> so heard of that happening to people. Yeah. yeah. And you probably and, gave and, your and best talk. Yeah, it was a great speech. So right. yeah, it, it's like you have to trust. You know, have to trust. trust. Yes. Yes. Intentional trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, very exciting. I will be uh, putting this up on YouTube and on the podcast. And you're going to send me anything that you want in the description and um, any links and any way that you want me to title it as well. Um, please send. I think, I think the title you have is perfect. Okay. Okay. I think that, yeah. Great. Exciting. And, and what I'll do, um, I'll, I'll text or I'll just send an email from this email address that we have here. Okay. Yep. You get it both ways. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Okay. All right. Very good. Technology has been wonky today. (laughs) Oh, it has. It's been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wonky. All Mm -hmm. right. Thanks so much.